Welcome to Compliance Pointers, where we take an in-depth look into the latest news, trends, and challenges surrounding information security, privacy, and marketing compliance. Let's dive in with your host, Jordan Eisner. All right. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Jordan Eisner, and this is Compliance Pointers where we talk about information security, information privacy, regulatory compliance, and all the latest and greatest in that space. Today, we're going to be talking about PCI 3DS, and we're fortunate to have two 3DS QSAs join us, and Brandon Breslin, who's a senior manager here at Compliance Point over our assurance practice and uh, specializing in PCI, and Michael Barnes, also specializing in PCI, who's a senior security consultant with Compliance Point. So, um, Brandon, I think you just celebrated a year, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. A couple of days ago, just hit the year mark. Awesome, awesome. And before that, you were at Crow for a long time, working in their PCI practice. Right. So quite a uh, background, PCI. And Michael, you're going to have to reference your QSA number, right? Because I always like to ask you about that because I know that you're one of the OGs. He's in the single digits. And, uh, yes, 007 005. There you go. Right. And so for the PCI gurus out there, they know what that means, right? <laughs> yeah, it means I've been doing it since 2006. There you go. And you've been with us, what, three over three years? I uh, know, just over two years now. Just yep. over two. Okay. It seems like over three with the impact he's made, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. But with his Thank experience, you. he's been doing this a while. Right. For sure. Right. And for our audience, these are very humble guys. I will try and get them to brag on themselves, but they won't. <laughs> uh, but we'll uh, we'll dive right into the topic then, right? So we'll talk about PCI 3DS, which my understanding, right, just comparing it to Nintendo 3DS just means that it's, it's 3D imaging. You don't need glasses or am I way off topic? Exactly. I think we're done here. That's pretty much it. <laughs> no, t- tell us about PCI 3DS. It was newer to me last year um, and um, I don't know a lot about it. So I'm interested in this session today and hopefully some questions that can gear it for people that don't know a lot about it, right? And hear from you who do know a lot about it. So tell us about yeah, so it's a standard that similar to PCI DSS um, that is maintained and provisioned by the PCI Council. Um, those who are not familiar with PCI, that's originally started from the card brands, representative from the card brands um, that created a governing body for um, the data security standard for handling cardholder data, right? So debit cards, credit cards, um, as that's transmitted, stored, processed, all of the above. Um, Specifically for 3DS, that is uh, a card not present messaging protocol. So it's specifically for e-commerce merchants. Um, Not all e-commerce merchants are needing to be compliant with that, which we'll get into in a little bit, Um, but it's specifically for intending to reduce fraud on transactions, right? So it places an additional authentication layer from the merchant side if you are you know, accepting payments. If you're a cardholder, you go on, you have to make an additional authentication layer. A lot of this happens in the background. You don't know about it as a cardholder, um, but that is the intent of the standard. Specifically, similar to PCI, it's it's provisioned by the PCI Council. It came out in 2017. Um, they're actually due for a refresh because it's with new technologies coming out. They're always, um, you know, new vulnerabilities that are associated with e-commerce transactions right mm-hmm. um so they're they're due for a refresh hopefully later this year 
they, they're in the request for comments phase. Um, they've published a draft, but haven't made any final versions yet. And jokes aside, there's nothing three-dimensional. <laughs> right. Nothing three-dimensional. Just the name. Just a catchy name. All flat 2D here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How do you know if it applies to your organization? Yeah. So I mentioned it's it's card not present. So kind of similarities versus differences, PCI, 3DS, right? This is only for card not present, whereas PCI DSS is card present and card not present or any other payment methods that you may handle or any other ways that you could take payments, process, transmit, store, all of the above, right? So for 3DS, it's only for e-commerce. So when we say e-commerce, for those that may not be familiar, that would be web web payments, right? Traditional web browser, mobile browser, native apps, iOS, Android, all of those. Um, so if you're making payments online, then 3DS needs to be at the forefront. Um, so that's the first question, right? Look at, for your organization, do you accept online card payments? If that's the case, you need to look at 3DS. Talk with your acquirer, talk with your payment brand that you work with, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, whoever it is, right? Ask them if you need to be compliant with 3DS. Most likely you already know if you're a certain threshold, right? Um, and then the next step is if you are a organization that actually handles 3DS components, um, which are authenticating that transaction, that additional authentication layer that we talked about, um, you're likely already compliant with 3DS or you're going through that process. Okay. Go over one more time, right? You said, so card not present transactions. Right. As opposed to doing both card and card not present transactions. Right, exactly. So in the traditional PCI DSS sense, um, that would be for transactions if you're going in person, right? If you're a traditional brick and mortar retail shop, that would be actually inserting or swiping your card mm -hmm. at the reader, that's card present. Whereas card not present is, you know, typing your card into a web browser. For example, if you go to amazon.com, they have the virtual shopping cart, you buy an item, you type in your card number, that would be a traditional e-commerce transaction. And that piece of entering the card number and then authenticating you as the cardholder to that merchant and ultimately being able to complete the transaction is where 3DS comes into play. So this is, again, to, the whole goal of it is to prevent fraud, making sure that, you know, somebody out there can't just use your card number on any site and make payments. Okay. So would a majority of organizations within e-commerce uh, be required? To Ultimately, if either directly or indirectly, right? So whether if you're a larger merchant, you're most likely doing you're most likely engaged with a third party service provider already for 3DS. Or if you are using a third party for payments, then they are using a third party service provider. Right. So it may be that indirect or third party relationship. So you as the merchant may not be reaching out to a third party service provider to actually say, hey, can you authorize? authorize all of our transactions for us. But if you're using a third party to actually you know, process the transactions for you, they have likely already contracted. So it'd be a fourth party to the merchant, third party to the processor. Okay. Okay. Wrapping my head around all that. Yeah. So Michael, switching to you maybe, um, what are the benefits of 3DS? 
Well, yeah, and at a high level, talking about 3DS, it does stand for three domain secure. And the reason that's important is because obviously the card brands, Visa, MasterCard particularly, are ensuring those, those transactions, right? And they want to reduce fraud. And so the three domains, uh, the intention is that uh, when you do an e-commerce transaction, it's very difficult to authenticate that the person entering the information is the actual cardholder. So when you register, for instance, as Brandon pointed out, your your device, your iPhone, or your uh, Android device, or your web browser, you're actually authenticating where you're uh, making that transaction from. And then there's a directory service, which is one of the domains that authenticates that that is a valid uh, origination for a transaction. And it's supposed to be transparent to the customer. So customers who are cardholders who are making purchases find it comforting knowing that their device has been authenticated as a valid place to make transactions that they know that their card isn't going to be used somewhere else not by them and merchants benefit because of the streamlined nature of what 3ds does makes it easier for the cardholder to complete a transaction because the biggest concern for merchants is abandoned shopping carts hmm. because the brands want to make it um they want to add some complexity right to entering cardholder data so that there's less fraud they want to make it more difficult for the fraudsters to actually steal cardholder data and use those card uh, credit cards for illegitimate purchases fraudulent purchases so in order to be more difficult to buy right <laughs> that's right but you don't want to make it so difficult that the the legitimate purchaser abandons uh -huh. their cart because it just comes becomes too complicated so they have these solutions in order to make it simple to register your device whether it be your computer or your smartphone as a place where you can complete a purchase without having to go through too many steps and making it complicated okay that makes sense to me. And then, yeah, of no. course, the benefit for the, the the brands, of course, is that they then have a better uh, reliability of fraud reduction, and they might also provide a lower cost per transaction to the merchants if they implement the solution. Absolutely. And it may help also for the listeners of just to give some historical context of 3DS. So, Right now, even though they are in the final first version of the security standard of the requirements still from 2017, that they're about to shift over to the second iteration of that, we are actually in the second iteration of the 3DS technology. So the, and when I say the technology, I'm in, encompassing the entire process of authenticating the card um, to that card holder, reaching out to the acquiring bank, reaching out to the third 3DS service provider, all of those processes, the technology, the core technology that they're using is now in its second iterative process. The original process used to be when you would type your card number in, the user, so the cardholder, actually got a prompt and had to do a one-time passcode, a unique, some type of unique identifier. Now you don't see that as the cardholder. It's all being done in the background. Oh. Amazon, let's stick with our example, right? If you're making a purchase on Amazon, you're not seeing the authentication of the cardholder to that card number to the user perspective. It's all being done in the background. Something just to think about as well when it comes to the technology of this. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So 
Let's talk about the framework, right? Uh, not the whole thing. We don't have enough time on this podcast or we don't want to put our audience through that, but highlight some of the major requirements in 3DS, right? That I, I think are meaningful for our listeners. I can take yeah, so I can. I can give maybe some initial background sure. and then Michael, you could dive in further if you wanted. Um, so there's there's two parts for 3DS. Um, most companies that are doing 3DS are likely also doing a PCI DSS assessment. So we've kind of talked a little bit about comparing and contrasting those. They can be done at the same time. Um, might make it difficult on resourcing, but it's possible. There's a part one and a part two of the requirements. Part one is associated with the 3DS requirements. So if you're doing a DSS require, a DSS assessment and the 3DE, which is the environment for the 3DS assessment, is located within the CDE, which is the cardholder data environment, which is the scope of the PCI DSS assessment. If that 3DE is included within the CDE, then you can rely on the PCI DSS assessment for part one. I know that was a little bit confusing, but basically in short, in layman's terms, you can cut the assessment in half if you are um, relying on the PCI DSS assessment. It has to be done within 12 months of each other and it has to be 3D within the CD. The second part is specifically to 3DS, and I'll let Michael give an, an overview of that. Sure, the, the second part really focuses on those components that make up the three domain secure environment, and there, there's different components uh, to it. The, the most secure part of that is um, HSMs, hardware security modules. And that's the part where a third-party service provider is providing those secure transactions uh, in the background. And the part two assessment really focuses on those environments. Sometimes we call them SCIFs or special compartmented information facilities. They're really locked down. They're usually a lot more locked down than your standard PCI cardholder data environment because there's a lot of key management exercise that goes into that aspect of the 3DS. Uh, so as, as Brandon was saying, organizations that have undergone a full PCI DSS assessment that are also hosting a part of the 3DS lifecycle will generally have that physically included in their cardholder data environment. And that's what makes it a little bit more simple. If they do not have a cardholder data environment in the traditional sense as a processor uh, or some kind of service provider, and they're just hosting a particular part of the 3DS, they would have to go through uh, the entire part one and part two. And there's a lot of overlap with the part one um, and part two there's additional physical security controls in the part two that look to be uh, redundant to the physical security of part one, but they really focus in, as I said, on these hardware security modules, which is the uh, the heart of the security triad, if you will. Got it. Okay. Uh, you've talked about the relationship between PCI DSS, 3ds um expand on that a little bit further yeah 
So really, I mean, we've, we've hit on a couple things, like you said, I think they're similar. They're kind of like cousins, right? So DSS covers the basics of all the card payments, whereas 3DS gets very specific about online transactions. If you're DSS compliant, you have a great foundation, but there will be extra steps to tackle for 3DS. Um, and I will say the assessment lifecycle itself is also very similar. Um, so, you know, if you have worked with a QSA, uh, planning, scoping, field work, reporting, all of that is going to be almost identical for a 3DS assessment as it would a PCI DSS assessment. Um, the process of having a third-party QSA attest to the environment is exactly the same. Um, as it relates to comparing and contrasting those frameworks itself, scope is the biggest difference, right? So PCI DSS, all aspects of handling card cardholder data, credit cards, debit cards, you name it, handling security of those. 3DS is specifically the authentication piece of card not present transactions. So PCI DSS, like we talked about earlier, covers all of the payment channels and everything in between. 3DS is just for card not present transactions. Um, for 3DS specifically, the goals are, you know, that extra authentication layer to fight payment fraud, right? Whereas DSS is just to get a baseline understanding of compliance against your environment to the standard. Yep. Michael, did you want to add any into that as well? Just comparing and contrasting PCI and um, 3DS and DSS? Or any other thoughts uh, you had? Yeah. Only that the 3DS and the Part 2 particularly is just such a higher threshold of um, obligation um, to control sensitive encryption uh, technologies and keys, key components. Yeah. There's just a very high threshold of um, uh, multi-factor authentication into everything, um, dual control, um, it's just very, very rigorous when it comes to the security of those components. Yeah, great, great addition. I will say also, they're very, we're, we've been focusing on the differences. They're also very complementary, right? So complying with DSS, PCI DSS does make 3DS compliance easier since many of those security basics or fundamentals, if you will, are addressed. However, 3DS compliance does not guarantee full PCI DSS compliance. Um, I think it's important to clarify that of 3DS is just one aspect or facet of the PCI ecosystem, whereas PCI DSS is the full shebang of all requirements that would need to be compliant for your environment to get that attestation of compliance in a compliant fashion. Also, okay. another high-level thing to to think about. I wanted to make a point that when we talk about three domain secure, any organization that's undergoing a 3DS may only be dealing with one or two components of that three domain. You may be dealing only with HSMs and the access control server. You may only yeah. be dealing with the uh, the di directory server, for instance, or you may only be dealing with the merchant side uh, web services that's providing the 3DS access. So your 3DS um, scope that would not en encompass all three portions of those three domains usually just one or two so you, you said something there brandy clarified right that you know 
3DS compliant doesn't make you DSS compliant. Right. right. Um, if you are DSS compliant, though, how will that impact your 3DS compliance efforts? Yeah. Right out of the gate, it gives you that strong PCI foundation, right? So if you if you are PCI DSS certified, that already tells the world um, that you understand the requirements. You've taken those steps. Um, you've put compliance and security first, right? Um, you've you've taken that initiative to not only comply with the requirements, but really focus on how do we make our organization have a stronger security robust process mindset foundation right um having that security mindset is critical because it means that your organization is prioritizing security creates an easier transition to 3ds um again the the controls are very similar so a lot of those we didn't go into the level of detail for part one but a lot of those part one controls since they do overlap that helps you in that in that um transition and to, to Michael's point, the part two controls are very specific and targeted to, to, to the components that you may have or to the service provider that you are using, right? So that's something we haven't really talked about is if you are in the 3DS space or using a service provider that's in the 3DS space, you don't have to get to that granularity. The, you are passing the liability onto them and you're relying on your vendor management process internally to make sure that they are compliant with those corresponding 3DS requirements because they are handling that on behalf of your organization. Obviously, you have to do your due diligence to make sure you're comfortable with that vendor and, and you're willing to work with them, um, but that also helps with that process. And then the last piece is QSA familiarity, right? I mean, if you've done a, a full-blown PCI DSS assessment already, you're most likely working with, well, you would be working with the QSA already, or you have worked with them in the past, um, unless you're doing a SAQ internally. Um, so, you know, you can engage with a QSA that's also 3DS certified, that would also help in that transition process. Okay. Um, I don't know, we've bounced around a little bit in this podcast. This has been a lot of good information from you guys. To put a bow on it, you talked about some of these things earlier in a roundabout way, but maybe finishing touches, walk our listeners through the, the validation process. Yep. So the validation process is for 3DS is very similar to PCI DSS. You have to identify those recorded reporting requirements right out of the gate, right? So if you don't know first and for, for first and foremost, if you have to be PCI 3DS compliant, work with your acquirer, work with your payment brands that you talk with, that you you know transmit data with, understand, hey, they may be expecting a 3DS report and you don't know about it, right? So have that conversation with them first. Um, work with a QSA. Compliance Point is a QSA and a 3DS QSA. So we do both. We can do both at the same time. We've done that for a numerous, uh, numerous clients this year already. Um, so that is an option as well. And then as it relates to the, you know, PCI 3DS lifecycle, if you will, for the assessment. It's going to be very similar to, to PCI DSS. So planning with your QSA, scoping out the 3DE, the three dom, you know, the um the specific scope for that 3DS assessment, um, going through field work, doing walkthroughs, interviews, remote evidence review, on-site assessments, um, and then doing a reporting. There is a 3DS rock, a report on compliance 
that's very similar to 3DS or to DSS. So there's a separate one for that. And then there's also an AOC as well. Okay. I'm trying to remember you said earlier if your if your 3D is in your CDE. Yep. Yeah, if your 3D is in the CDE, you can rely on part one from the DSS assessment. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a scripted breakdown of this podcast yep. for our listeners, right? If you need to go back and reference some of those acronyms. Absolutely. But Absolutely. That's always the case on these uh, on the compliance pointers podcast, right? If the regulations and the requirements weren't hard enough, we have all these different acronyms <laughs> and names for them to complicate it even more. But the PCI Council loves to use their acronyms. Yes. Well, Brandon, Michael, thank you guys so much for your time. Um, as Brandon mentioned, Compliance Point is a registered 3DS QSA. I'd encourage anybody listening, if you've got questions, you know, go to our website, compliancepoint.com. You can schedule a meeting with us from the website. Uh, maybe talk about your 3DS questions or your DSS questions. You can find Michael, Brandon, myself on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with anybody that way as well. Or if you want to email directly into Compliance Point, it's connect at compliancepoint.com. And if you're listening and you're liking the content, please uh, leave us a review and tell others about us. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.